Welcome back to the non-standard 14er podcast, the podcast that brings you everything the root description leaves out about hiking and climbing Colorado 14ers. I'm Jaser Jack, and I'm joined here today with my co-host, Tay Jack. Hi. And Short Rope Stifler. Hey. And our special guest today is uh, Pavel Shafruga, who just completed an incredible fastest known time. He finished all of the 14ers self-supported on foot in a single push through hiked all the 14ers uh, started on Pike's peak, finished on Long's peak, 1,182 and a half miles, 297,000 vertical feet and three pairs of running shoes later. <laughs> and he had all the 14ers in the bag. Fastest known time, 43 days, six hours, 50 minutes. And uh, Pavel, we are so excited to have you on the podcast and congratulations on such an amazing accomplishment. All right. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. So what have you been up to since you, uh, you finished? Are you still in recovery mode? Oh, I'm doing, I'm trying to get back in shape for climbing, but, um, I got my last like blood work done a couple weeks ago, about a week and a half ago now. And so I've got to go ahead to drink and it looks like I'm back to normal. My liver numbers were pretty messed up for a while. So did I read that you had rhabdo? Is that yeah, that I had like a weird case of rhabdo. Um, my kidney numbers were like a little bit off, but my liver numbers, I guess, were really concerning. Hmm. So, what do they um, attribute that to, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I think, well, as far as my doctor looked into it, I think most cases of rhabdo are like a single day that's really, you know, like a high output day, like a big workout for like a CrossFit or a weightlift person. And since mine was more, you know, repeated days of just kind of degrading my body he thought that <laughs> that probably started to affect my liver eventually and so he wow. was said it was it was good i finished when i finished he said <laughs> wow well i'm so glad you're back and feeling better and have the yeah. good night again for stuff yeah I, I went and saw him like uh about a week after i finished and he said my numbers was like we're still so high then for muscle degradation he i just saw him like uh, last week, and he said they probably would have admitted me to the hospital if I came in right after. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, damn. <laughs> wow. But, and oh your feet were pretty jacked up too, right? I think I saw some pictures. Yeah, so that, um, the, the picture that I guess made his way around the internet was from about Holy Cross. Um, at that point, I had uh, a little bit more callus going, so I think that was, they were looking really bad, but they were less painful than like the early days when I had a baby skin, I would call it. <laughs> so is that the photo when your feet were like gray? That the yeah, one? they were actually pretty waterlogged. That was, um, That's one. yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, in. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just zoomed in on it. It is, it is uh, wow. We already just ate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, <laughs> yeah, I hope not to repeat that. So. So what prompted all this? What possessed you to want to just run out and do them all in a single push on your own two feet? Well, I mean, I've been thinking about it for a couple of years. And um, then I started having these kind of repeated knee issues. I think just between that, um, kind of hindering my climbing and then having just too much work, I felt pretty just like, like frustrated that like I was aging. And so I kind of was like, well, I'm just going to go for it. And if my knee blows out, then I'll quit. <laughs> um but I but I had started doing PT and I was like having pretty good results. So, you know, I didn't I wasn't confident my knees would last, but you know, I just had the time off. I didn't know when I'd get this much time off again. So I was like, I should just do it. So um and thankfully my knees survived fine. So wow. thanks to my PTs. So Wow. Speaking of time off, we're all wondering what what do you do for work when you're not climbing mountains? Oh I, so I have a camper van company i made build camper vans um but it, so we moved to fruta and i think 2016 and since then it's just been like you know i my climbing has not improved in like close to five years now and that's just been pretty frustrating because for like the 10 years before that that's kind of what my life revolved around so right. you came from where previously before that we lived in the salt lake area i actually had a job up at utah state university and uh, but my girlfriend and i lived in salt lake and before that we lived on the road for a good chunk of time so and a camper van i assume that's where you kind of <laughs> caught the itch yeah yeah we uh we have our old van um is a pretty like meth 
head looking uh, <laughs> really old sprinter van. It's got a lot of rust and has these pretty classic decals on it. And when we first bought it, like hardly anybody had sprinters. And it's crazy how in 10 years, I don't know who doesn't have a sprinter. It feels like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's a so. great market though. A lot of people want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good time to be in it, but cool. work, work is work at some point. So. Yeah. Well, we were zooming in on your map and your route and I mean, just all of the planning that went into that. Can you walk us through yeah, what that looked like? Cause that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've, before this, I had done, I think about 30 of the 14 ers So that, you know, it was really helpful to kind of know like which ones I, you know, should take a little more time planning my route. <laughs> I'd previously done the entire Elks in a link up. So, so I just kind of took these chunks I knew and then just like started to fill in the holes. I predominantly used CalTopo for the planning and then I actually ended up using their app for navigation too. You know, a lot of like slope angle shading and satellite imagery if there wasn't a route established to see if it looked like it would go. And um, for the most part, I think it, I did a pretty good job. I only had a few sections I regretted. <laughs> so, oh. um, what were those? Yeah, what were the sections you regretted? <laughs> um, well, I guess I so I got I've got the spreadsheet printed out so I can look down here. But um, going up the Crestone um, Peak, I think it's called like North Buttress or something. I'd read on Mountain Project it was supposed to be like fourth class, and then there was also a chimney variation. I don't think I found. I think I didn't find what is the easy buttress that was like pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> and that was you know and that and the. Like, and then Wyndham Peak was really like the most. Yeah, we were curious about that one. Yeah, that was horrible. Like, I, <laughs> it's like probably the only single part of this that I would like not recommend to anyone. Some of the other parts, like, I've got friends that do quite a bit of like similar scrambling, and I'd tell them, I tell them about it. But that part, um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was just a really humbling moment to just, you know, be up there in the dark with your headlamp and, uh, just totally feeling small and lost and um, uh, and you were down climbing that section, right? The wind and peak. No, that was coming up off. Um, I've heard it called either the Wemenuchi or Wemenuchi high route or the Kodiak. Oh, high okay. Route. Okay. So That's even like finding that was like, that was an adventure in and of itself there. Cause the Cal Topo has a GPS track it gives you for it, but okay. it's like way off. And I ran into some other people that had been facing the same issue, but then I had just read that getting to West Windham or something was easy. So I just like <laughs> drew the line on the map and I'd done the regular route on Windham Peak from the other side. So I just totally underestimated like what I had planned and uh, it, well, it was horrible, Ridge. So when some of the nights before you were crossing such a big stretch really of Colorado uh, coming over from uh, the, 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 the yeah. Calabria area yeah. all the way over so that i mean was that real i don't want to say relaxing because obviously that's not the word for it but was that did that help when was you that were a break or was it, was it arduous that stretch um so that was at first there was quite a bit of road walking i would say in some ways cool coming off of culebra and then the road walk afterwards was probably the worst my feet felt the whole time just because I, I was and then with all the moisture we got all the plant life was just going so it'd be funny because even if it wasn't raining all the overgrowth would just like soak your shoes in your pants oh, um geez. so so in some ways it was like a somewhat demoralizing part just like so much limping but at the same time like once i got on the colorado trail like the miles just seemed to go faster and i mean that that I think I calculated it was over a hundred miles of trail there. I went through with no road crossings and I mean, that was just magic. I mean, I didn't know that would happen in Colorado. So it was incredible. Where did you grab the Colorado trail? So you're, you collaborate and you're basically hiking through the San Luis Valley for like three or four days, right? Yeah. So out of this town, uh, it's LA, uh, J A R A. I think it's La Jara, but it's spelled Lejara. Um, <laughs> there's this tiny little town. That was my last resupply. I think there was like a family dollar or something. <laughs> okay. And then from there, I think it's about 30 miles of dirt road. And eventually I, I hop onto the continental divide trail okay. here. I can, uh, 
I'm afraid to interrupt our internet because I feel like if oh, I we have we have it up, we're yeah, looking we're at it. Looking yeah, we're looking at it right now. now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we're all squinting and leaning forward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I would guess it was on like Monday the 26th or the 27th that I hit it, but I can't. I probably be the 26th nice to be on a trail for 100 miles of after having been on a lot of highway travel, yeah, road, road yeah. travel. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. There was a lot of road walking in like the opening, like 10 days. So now how much of this did you plan beforehand versus how much of it did you kind of just take an educated guess and wing it on the fly? Oh, I was, there was a couple of parts I modified like very in like a very slight manner, but I mean, I literally was following this line on a screen. It was pretty brainless. And, um, uh, I mean, it, in some ways it was great because uh, I've got Google Fi, so I always joke that it helps the wilderness experience because the reception totally blows. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it was, uh, yeah, like pre-plan all the way on my food stops. I knew how many miles I'd have to the next and about how many days I should plan for. Yeah, it, it was mostly brainless. There, there was a couple things I modified just in a very small manner along the way, but yeah. Were you under a like a time crunch for those first, I think, nine days, was it, that you leading up to Culebra? And yeah, then... I had to. Yeah, well, um, only because of permitting. But right. I did. Yeah, that's what we were wondering. I emailed the guys and um, my permit was uh, for a Friday and they told me I could show up between Friday and Sunday. That's oh, awesome. oh, wow. So that was nice. But yeah, that was nice of them. And um, Carlos is but... here that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Did you meet Carlos? Did you meet Carlos? There's two brothers I met. I, I oh, can't yeah, remember okay. his Carlos' his sons, right? Yeah, I think it is his yeah. sons. So. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't meet the, the dad or the father. So Okay. <laughs> That's great. Well, speaking of mindless, uh, did you listen to music? Did you listen to books? Or were you kind of just trying to be present and going? Oh, I listened listen to a little bit of podcasts. And um, I would listen to some music. I mean, the funny thing is like, I would mostly want to listen to music like on the roads and stuff, but some of the like busy highway walks, I just, it was like, I, wa I didn't want to like miss some car coming at me or something. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, I listened to a little bit of stuff. So I don't know. Did any cars slow down and pick you up? No, a bunch of people offered though, especially like, I feel like the San Luis Valley, since you're just, you know, you're sticking out like a sore thumb and like, you know, once you get to the mountain towns, everybody, out there's doing something outdoorsy but in like the opening san luis valley uh lots of people were like do you need a ride like what are yeah, you doing right. yeah seriously a man are walking on the road is like a landmark at that yeah. point yeah <laughs> yeah it's true that's great okay so you had a couple people stop and you had to explain what you were doing yeah or they yeah, would be like exactly. you need a ride and i'd be like no and um no one actually offered me beer until the second to last day which was crushing yeah, <laughs> it's like someone must give you a beer so was that you take them up on it? it oh yeah it was actually um this woman out of crested butte and i actually now have kept in touch with her through instagram she was like the second woman to ever ski all the 14ers so she's a total badass oh, cool. um, her name is Brittany constella i think and uh but they were like do you need any water because they saw me in the middle of nowhere um on the continental divide trail right at the end and I was like, no, I don't need any water, but I would take a beer. And she was <laughs> like, like, here you go. And I was like, it's a miracle. So <laughs> they help my spirits awesome. a lot. So <laughs> that is awesome. Now I am curious about your gear and you can be as detailed as you want to, because we are okay. like, we're all gear nuts. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious, I read that you had a base weight of nine pounds, which is <laughs> remarkable. Can you walk us through how you arrive at that base weight with what's gear specifically? Yeah. So um, I've got the uber light is that the name of it the eight and a half nine ounce thermarest pad okay yep okay and then i had the western mountaineering like their 50th anniversary they call it like the platinum sleeping bag so you it's had supposed a bag to weigh, a quilt. yeah it's supposed to weigh just under 14 ounces but i got it overfilled so it actually weighs 15.9 ounces now okay and then i put that in an outdoor research helium bivy which is Maybe just under a pound too yeah. And that actually, I like that system because I feel like my sleeping bag and my sleeping pad are super fragile. I actually had to pick up a second sleeping pad and tell you right because my it started leaking my sleeping pad. Mm. And, um, but I just keep the whole thing together. 
So I just like stuff it all together in the bottom of my pack. So I don't pull my pad in my sleeping bag out unless I need to dry them, which when it was moist and really condensate I did have to do quite a bit. But then those are like, you know, my sleep system. And then my sleeping bag is made by a guy named Dandy Packs, D-A-N-D-E-E. And he built me, I think it's like 35 liter internal, 40 liter total. It's a 13 ounce backpack. Wow. Um, totally frameless, but it's, um, I got like dual pockets on the outside of it so I could put my helmet in there. And besides that, I basically had a pair of running shorts. I wore the outdoor, there's like an outdoor research long sleeve. It's not their like sun hoodie, but it's one down. I think they give it like UPF 15. And if this is too much information, let me know. No, it's, not. it's probably He's like echo. salivating got, over here. Yeah, I've got two of them. It's echo. We're yeah. taking notes. Echo. Okay. And then, um, and then I had the, I had a short sleeve Patagonia short sleeve shirt. It's like their lightest one too. I actually hardly ever wore it during the day, but at night, if I was wet, I would sleep in it. Then I had the, oh man, who makes the lightest down jacket? Uh, Ghost Whisperer. Oh, the, is it Mountain Hardware? Yeah, yeah Mountain Hardware. I think Ghost Whisperer. And then there's like the, so that was my down jacket. Then I had a Montbell Versalite raincoat. And then I started out with some Houdini uh, rain pants, which are really like windbreakers, but they weren't nearly waterproof enough. So mm -hmm. I actually swapped out for some generic. It, when I got to tell you, right, I just bought like these marmot rain pants that weren't light or anything, but I just couldn't handle not having waterproof pants. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had a just a little, you know, like a little running cap and my down jacket and my hoodie and everything. So I didn't have actually a warm hat. I had a pair of light gloves, just like some little liner gloves and um, between like two and three pairs of socks, depending on. Huh. Like I went through some socks. At one point I had three and I went back to two. Of them. Hmm. So in the shoes you I read that you went through four pairs of trail runners. So <laughs> uh, three or three pairs. I started in mutants and then um I'd never road walked very much in the mutants and the something just blew out in the insole. Like I felt like every little piece of gravel I was just feeling. So then I swapped to the uh, jackals. So, you like those? Yeah. They don't scramble as well, but they did fine. So I had a little bit of irritation on my like Achilles, but I just taped over it and um, it didn't bother me in the grand scheme. So Amazing. wow, and I was gonna say one of those pounds had to be like a bag of just climbers candy, some Advil or <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have a yeah. I took quite a bit of a naproxen actually. I'm not sure my oh. stomach does worse with ibuprofen, but I think naproxen is like a leave basically. I forget. Yeah, I love it. Yep. That's yeah. what I like too. Awesome. My choice. Yeah. What about food? I imagine food's a consideration, keeping your pack as light as possible. Did you do like the dirt bag ramen or what what was your Oh yeah, so I was stoveless. Um I did do some ramen and then some mashed potatoes. And I tried to do some rice sides, but I think Mexican rice tastes pretty good. And then I got broccoli cheddar to branch out, and that was horrible. Like <laughs> cold soaked broccoli cheddar. And like room I couldn't go back. Yeah. I mean, they don't come out great, but oh, I could put them in a burrito. So <laughs> did you like stop at restaurants? like can tell you ride and stuff and get a hot meal. Oh yeah. I crushed every time I could get to, <laughs> I, ate, I ate a comical amount of food is how I put it. I could eat. So. I loved your, your one part that you said that you had like four breakfast sandwiches and like a <laughs> breakfast burrito all before eight in the morning one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked into my last resupply and I, I needed, so I actually swapped out tortillas halfway through because I got tired of them and started just like crushing bagels so they were really thin. But huh. in uh, Georgetown, there's this little convenience store there. And actually the place I wanted to get this fatty breakfast uh, was closed now on Wednesdays because of staff shortages. Oh, so anyways, I walk in this convenience, oh I know I was crushed. But I see they have these breakfast sandwiches. And then as I'm checking out, I asked the woman, like, hey, do you guys have bagels? And she's like, oh, yeah, they're down this aisle. And I just missed them. And I was like, well, I'll just go eat and I'll come back. But these breakfast sandwiches were so good. I just came back for two more and <laughs> just awesome. ate it all. <laughs> so, That's so perfect. This is a yeah. question I'm stealing from Taylor when we talked with Andrew Hamilton. But what was the first thing you ate after you finished? What was your victory meal? Uh, so actually, my girlfriend picked me up at like 11 and um. My birthday had been midway through the trip, so she actually brought me birthday cake. Oh, cool. yeah! And actually, she brought me probably what is usually like, maybe like four to six slices. Like it's like a flat cake she makes, and um, 
when she presented to me, I was like, oh, do you want some? And she's like, oh, no, no, you enjoy it. And I ate all of it. Oh, that's <laughs> that's awesome. so good. Yeah, once I finished that, she goes, you didn't even, you didn't even give me a bite. And I was like, well, I asked you, but I just realized that I was in this total, just like deprived zone. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. You could have like bitten her hand if she had reached for the <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I was, uh, it was great. And then after that, I ate eggs that night again, like I basically made breakfast in the van and then I finally went to bed. So, oh, so birthday cake and eggs. I think that sounds huh. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> How long does that like your body geared up? Like, are you still eating voraciously for the next two weeks after you finish something like this? Or like, when does oh, your body go back to normal color? So I, I think for like the opening two weeks, it was probably good for me to eat a lot. But then since after that, I think I was just like psychologically, you know, like you're just used to eating so much throughout the day. So now I've actually, uh, I'm back to eating pretty normal, but for climbing, it's, uh, I definitely had to stop because I was like, okay, I put back on my weight and I, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta. How much you know, weight did you lose? So, well, um, I think I lost about 20 pounds, but the crazy thing is like, as part of like my side effects of this, I had my legs, I joked, looked like I was diabetic when I finished, like I had all this horrible leg swelling. And um, so when I actually first got on the scale, I think two days after, I still weighed as much as when I finished. It was pretty. Pounds of water wow. Legs. Yeah, man, my legs were, it was, it was concerning. And then I started getting these really bad cramps. And when that didn't go away, that's when I finally went to the doctor. So. Wow. Wow. So with all the, the damage that you did to your body, would you do it again? Uh, <laughs> this specific challenge? <laughs> I would do another like long outing, but I don't know. Centennials? Uh, through like the centennials. So you don't regret, you don't regret putting your body through that per se. No, no. That's awesome. I think, I mean, I think if right now I like had total liver failure, I would have second thoughts, but I think <laughs> since I've recovered. Only semi liver uh, failure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think it was, uh, it was good. I mean, I, like my mentality was, like I kind of wanted to push my limits and I think it was kind of validating that I think it was pretty close to my limit. So what is it? It's a massive, massive accomplishment. Like seriously, congratulations. That is. Thanks guys. Yeah. Be proud of. And uh, I don't think I said that in the beginning, but we're all really stoked for you. And uh, just, it's amazing. Um, I'm curious too, you know, Taylor and I, after we finish our trips, we always go over kind of the, the rose and thorn, the best and the worst, the highs and lows. Curious to know of your whole experience, if there's, you know, certain moments that stick out as a high and a low. Do you have those? Well, I think there's like some general themes that I think stick out as highs, which would be like I've said, the miracle is sleep. It totally <laughs> blew me away that I could just like get in my bivy, totally trash, like debating whether this would all work out and then like wake up you know, the next morning, like before at sunrise and just be able to like repeat that over and over like that. That was just, you know, that still impresses me about like what the body can adapt to. And, you know, it's something I'm proud of that I felt like it's something I didn't know I could do. And then uh, certain peaks, you know, um, going through the Elks again, like the Elks is kind of where I cut my teeth and uh, I love that range. So that was just great to go there. Then as we talked about the Weminuch wilderness earlier in the San Juans, um, but besides that, like Mount of the Holy Cross totally blew me away. Like that wilderness and like the route I took to get there. I mean, what a secret. I mean, I don't know, maybe, you know, I, I'm not big in like backpacking form. So maybe that's all out there, but I was like, this is the most amazing part of the state. Like, this is incredible. And then finally my route to Longspeak from Georgetown, <laughs> I just thought was fantastic. Lots of good scrambling, really cool, like off trail hiking that wasn't bushwhacky. So. Were you back on the Colorado Trail then, toward near Holy Cross? Shoot, I can't. So I uh, I followed some roads out of Aspen. Oh, you're right. You're coming from the west, yeah. yeah. And then you came kind of through. Yeah, there was like a lake I went by um, to kind of go over Fancy Pass. Oh, then but you uh, Holy Cross Ridge there. You came up that side, okay. So I had actually hoped to take the ridge all the way from Fancy Pass to Holy Cross, but the weather that day was just like off and on sleet and rain and it just didn't seem like a good idea so that's why that's like one of the changes i made is i ended up following it around i think past what is like the mount like um the holy cross city 
And then I ended up taking up this other route that I think I found on Summit Post. Mm. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, because I would think you would go back over. Yeah, I didn't go over Half Moon. He came back down south. Then went from Holy Cross over to Turquoise. Turquoise. Turquoise Lake and then Sherman from Leadville. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's and, and actually, yeah, and actually came into Leadville the day of the Leadville 100, which is oh. So you had people cheering you on. They all thought you were an ultra. <laughs> no, I was going the wrong way on the trail, so I was like, "How am I going to get through here?" And incidentally, my friend Keith was there, and uh, it was just funny because suddenly I hear this voice like powerful, and so Keith just we just shattered for a few minutes. But it was really funny that. Like huh. one in a million, I ran into him as he was running the lead. So. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But you're at you're at this point like 800 miles in your craziness, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and then actually, so from Mount Sherman, um, That's I had this route over to the Decalibron, which followed this ridge that I couldn't find a write up about. And that ridge, a lot of it was just like walking on old like mining roads. But that was actually just another just like stellar day that what a cool route. So and then you were close to being, I mean, that was close to wrapping up. You were headed towards the front range to fit to wrap it up. So that was also probably a feel-good. Yeah, yeah. Kind of making that giant C. Yeah, yeah. That was uh and and then actually from Link, I had planned from Decalibron to Quandary to take those a ridge over. I forget um I think Andrew Hamilton and somebody else did it together, but it was just one of those things where that day, uh, like Sherman, a dude I met on the uh, summit said that they had forecasted 65 mile per hour gusts Whoa. and it was insane. Like I'd never, like you would have to come over the ridge a little bit and you would have trouble standing. Um, so it was still really windy at that point in the afternoon. So I ended up taking, I think it's called the Lincoln Amphitheater route down okay. off of Lincoln. Anyways, I had planned to take the ridge, but Either way, I came off the ridge and then went up Quandary up the, I think, like the West Ridge or something. Southwest route. Ridge. Yeah, that's a fun. Yeah, that, that was spectacular. So that day actually turned out to be just awesome. So. And you went down Standard and camped. That was your 40th night camping right by yeah. the trailhead near Quandary. That's amazing. Yeah. How did it feel to you not being, I mean, you didn't have to park your car somewhere. You didn't have to, you know fight crowds really i mean or or did you <laughs> oh it was uh i mean that was one of the best parts of it is just i mean like coming out of the chicago basin and just other parts backpacking um i would see these backpackers just lugging these monster packs and i would uh just to have this tiny little thing on that looks more like a day pack you know even loaded down with food it wasn't a weight that like hindered me on like any sort of technical terrain and it was just super liberating you know and and it kind of you know, there was quite a few summits that I, well, peaks I summited late in the day. And normally that's something I wouldn't advise to people, but it was the first time where I was like, well, I could just sleep at tree line if I need to, you know, like I, I can just watch the weather and uh, keep going for it. So. I, I can imagine there's a, like the flip side of the liberating coin is also the, do I have enough? You probably coin, feel kind of exposed. The exposure coin. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thankfully, um, some of the worst weather events I had were like, for instance, after I got done with the Blanca group and waiting to do Culebra, I sat at this Veterans Memorial because I knew there was a big rain cloud coming. And for like six hours, it was one of the worst thunderstorms. I think it was basically the same day that if you guys remember, Glenwood Canyon got closed because of all the end up getting closed for a couple weeks. So I was in a different part of the state, but this storm just like unleashed and thankfully i was like sitting at this covered picnic table but even then like between the wind and just these like walls of rain for hours and hours i ended up sleeping under the picnic table because huh. i was just like like if i was up in the mountains right now like i think i'd be like sailing my bivy down the hill you know oh, it was horrid so yeah i got pretty lucky but it was you know that was pretty early on and i was like what am i thinking but thankfully the next day, like I tried to tell myself like, this can't happen all the time. There was like some roads washed out that I walked by. And so I was like, right, that hopefully will not repeat itself while I'm here. So no kidding. So yeah. if, I, if I'm understanding correctly, it sounds like the highs were the magic of sleep. And then just that liberating feeling of traveling so lightly. What were the lows? What were your kind of rock bottom moments? Oh, well, definitely kind of uh, actually right before the night before, uh, what is that, Humboldt Peak, that whole group. And then um, 
that night, you know, I had ended up having a little bit of like Achilles pain really early on. And then that day I just got doused with rain trying to walk up the road. And I sat on this little bridge for a couple hours. And um, I think I ended up setting up camp like after dark. And then I knew the next day the weather was forecasted to be really bad again. And it's just my feet were starting to hurt. Like I hadn't been dry in what seemed like forever. And uh, so I woke up at 2 a.m. So I could knock off the whole like, you know, Humboldt Crestone group. And uh, so that that night before I was like, yeah, I don't know, I was pretty demoralized. And that was just early on. I think I was just kind of getting. Yeah, that's only like, night four. I'm looking at your Kyle Topo. It's only night four. of You still have 40 more days ahead of you from that point. <laughs> Yeah, well, I ended up, my Achilles was actually really bothering me. And um, I think it was literally the road walking. Like, mm. I've never had Achilles pain. And I think it's just like when you're trail hiking, your feet are actually changing motions. So I bought these, like, uh, beach sandals at uh, General Dollar or Family, General, Family Dollar, whatever. Um, and I actually hiked, I don't know, like 10 or 15 miles in them. Because, like, I just couldn't take the pressure from my shoe. Really? So between that and then, like, so I think... I think that next morning I was like, I'm just going to wake up, try to knock these out. And, um, I know I can like walk downhill and then, you know, I don't know. It's uh, I don't want to sound like bipolar, but it's crazy to me how like, you know, you can wake up every morning and be so optimistic with the weather. Cause it's like, it's sunny, <laughs> it's nice. And then like the second that first cloud comes across, you're like, oh, <laughs> can i swear on this podcast you know, oh like, yeah you're like oh we're fucked you know like <laughs> today's gonna suck i'm about to be wet like i'm gonna <laughs> suffer you know and then the next day you're like it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay uh, <laughs> so, you're not bipolar but colorado certainly is yeah ups and downs is there psychological yeah. tricks or tips you would you kind of talk to yourself or you would tell people as advice to kind of be mentally tough oh uh, you know I'm uh, like, I work alone mostly. So I think I do pretty good, like in solitude. I count steps a lot. Like I try to, I don't like to hike fast, stop, hike fast, stop. I just like to get into a rhythm, no matter how slow that is at times and just try to count steps. And then I usually count like one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, right? And then um, I try to only look up when I get to a hundred because it will actually make the scenery look different. Versus like constantly looking up, like nothing oh. changes. So I count, I count steps. So you only look up at a hundred of one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, and then you get to a hundred and then you look up. Yeah. 500 steps then. Is that what you mean? 400. 400. 400 steps. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah. Gotcha. Okay. You know, it's kind of interesting because Andrew uh, Hamilton, who is a, you know, a record holder as well. Remember yeah. his little point was also like day three three when he hit that Gosh. heinous weather and it was also, same area and it was the same Cliff. i was just yeah. gonna say it's the same area too it was like yeah kind of towards the beginning like you had a huge chunk left heinous weather um and they got a motel in Westcliff, and he ate pickles in his and cried in his bathroom threw up something like that it's something about Westcliff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. in that area well i think my other low point was um and the Khalid's at Huron Peak, because like the first half of the trip, basically I ate, I would say way less than the second half. And I had this just like, so actually coming off of Misery Mountain, um, Misery, anyways, uh, <laughs> I just, I looked at this green line and then I think I started to eat as I was hiking. And for some reason, I just didn't remember that basically when I hit the road, I'm just gonna cross it and go up the other hillside. Cool. So I started wandering off down this road. Oh, oh yeah, I see uh, it. Like Lake there. Yeah, I think I only lost like, I don't know, a mile or two. So in the grand scheme, you know, but when you're tired, in my mind, I was just like, oh, I've totally fucked up. So I like tried to power back up because I had actually wanted to do a La Plata that day too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I just like was pretty pissed at myself because it was a very obvious like junction. Like I just spaced off. And uh, so I think just like trying too hard of Huron, I just had this like super energy crash and it took me forever to actually summit Huron. It was like, and then wow. I try not to eat on summits because usually I'm like, well, you can make better time if you just walk and eat on the downhill. But I was just blasted when I got to the top. So I ate up there and that was maybe in like my whole life, like the most depleted I'd been. And I knew like, I didn't have that much food left. I still had these three big peaks left. And then I still had 30 miles after that to get to Aspen. <laughs> so that was a pretty like like you know have you just like shot yourself in the foot kind of night like 
it hurt and um yeah but and then and anyways like coming into aspen i had sprained my ankle pretty bad coming down uh mount antero on this jeep road it was crazy it was just like marbles over hard pack i, I don't know how many times i ate shit on that section <laughs> i did i was just like what is wrong with me right now like i think i probably went down like four or five times in the course of like three miles oh, just cool. like slipping as if it was ice and i was like what's wrong with you right now and uh so anyways one of the times it just screwed up my ankle so basically it was hurting pretty bad so that's like i hadn't planned to rest in aspen especially with like how much of a hit that was to the pocketbook but <laughs> i was just like tired of limping and i was like all right i'm gonna book this hotel treat yourself yeah that was a treat yeah. moment yeah right yeah. So. well how, how many days did you actually sleep in towns in beds and of your 44 days or 43 days yeah so uh tell you right i got a hotel there one night and then my rest day in aspen i had both nights of that rest day so three nights total in hotels. Three, that's it. yeah when you're so. going through towns you just basically resupplied and ate a restaurant meal if you could and then just kept moving yeah so wow. slept under a picnic bench when it was pouring rain yeah. <laughs> oh my god have you ever done anything like this before like what how did you know you could do this like well i didn't know i could do it <laughs> i didn't want well, i didn't know i could do it this fast either like i've you know we've got a i live in fruta so most years i try to get out on the trails and i'll have like some loop that i'll do but that's mostly like one day and then when i did the elk range that was like a 35 hour push. <laughs> and then I did like Chicago basin in a day, like without the train. So I kind of, but before that I'd like ran some marathons okay. and I just noticed this theme that like, I'm not like, no one's going to sponsor me to like run a marathon or anything. Like I'm not a, like I'm an okay runner, but I'm not like, but I'd noticed that like longer kind of grinding duration, but lower intensity is like where I seem to shine. So, you know, and I'd done some backpacking besides that. And then my sister was actually on the Pacific Crest Trail this year. So oh. my girlfriend and I went out to hike for like 10 days with her. So I don't know. I feel like I had an inkling. Like I'll do something kind of endurance-based every year. But most of the time, I just think it's like a fun little challenge for myself. And You're so. really good at suffering, among other things. Also, That's a different gear, the suffer gear. Yeah. I think. Especially yeah, I think, yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, I would think that like supported someone will come out and just like annihilate this. So that would be pretty cool to see. I, you know, I, I do like the, you know, I just, um, I know I read freedom climbers, which is about, cause I'm Polish originally. I lived there since I was six. So I, between like reading about like my like country lineage of like how badass those guys were in the Himalayas and uh -huh. stuff with winter sense. You're like i'm not sure you know it's uh i just i wanted to suffer i like um i like the aspect of just being in the mountains alone and just kind of trying to rely on yourself versus yeah you know, i don't know i think it's a it's a pretty good growth time to make your own decisions and such so speaking of growth time do you feel like you came back and i mean obviously you came back a very different person but were there specific areas where you really felt like you saw that growth transformative part you know i think uh only like when it's kind of hit you know I've, I've just kind of been back into work at this point and um it's like kind of a slow consolation prize at the points because you're like like even climbing right now like i suck at climbing compared to how i used to climb so it's you know you try to tell yourself like you know you might be feeling like you suck right now but it's still better than yeah you know having frozen shoes or something <laughs> um and i think it uh yeah i think it helps like my perspective on like what is really hard in life and what is just annoying kind of so did you get into the conundrum hot springs you went right by the conundrum hot springs didn't you on the on your route through the elks i've done that route i think like four times now going over the backside country. i've never gotten in the hot springs oh but at least but, you can stay on air He's first time first time they were like uh just like i mean just like a really kind of like white trash hillbilly party going on there <laughs> second time i literally walked by as this couple had their baby in it 
and the baby pooped in the hot spring as I was going by. <laughs> oh my god! And they were like laughing about the poop floating in it, and I was, and then this time I was just like, I was like, anything, like I gotta keep going. You know? That is heinous. Oh yeah. my god! That's horrible. I've heard of like human feces all on like all around it, but never in it. Well, now he's yeah. in it as well. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. And that's saying something after hiking as long as you had and walking patch a, a natural hot tub and saying okay <laughs> is saying something. That's that's the yeah. That's the real strength. Maybe it's turned off by the floating poop like from that's what I mean. <laughs> you imagine? I feel like if I said that thing, I would not get out. I would I would get out my inReach and call search and rescue and have a helicopter come get me and be done. It'd be like those monkeys in Japan yeah. that get in <laughs> yeah. the hot springs in the winter and then they can't physically yeah. get out because they'll freeze to death. Yeah. That would be because <laughs> so, he spends the night 34 by Maroon Lake does pyramid goes off the other si- other side of pyramid through Thunder Pyramid and that's the drainage over that pass. Oh yeah, so my route off the back of pyramid is uh like I've run into a couple of people who have I'm the only one I know that has a route off the back. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton so. did Thunder Pyramid from that and then did pyramid, yeah. but not where you dropped. Yeah, how was that? That's it. A- it looks steep. <laughs> so. So I think the technically hardest part is actually right off the summit of pyramid. I've read it's like fourth class, but to me, it seems like way sketchier than the maroon bells traverse. So it's like one of those, like maroon bells gets called fifth class. Gets, I'm not sure. I would probably call it like fourth class X. Like it would not go well if you like can't like there's this one chimney section that I don't, I don't know if you'd live if you fell off the top of the chimney, but like kind of a corner, you got to stem down and, um, and then after that, it's like, I think you drive about 4,000 feet in two miles. Um, it looks instant. Yeah, so it's, you can kind of pick your way through. It starts out really loose, then you get some like better kind of gullies, and then you just get to this super steep grass hill kind of, and there's one gully you got to hit to like get you past this cliff band. It's, there's like this tiny little, you take a slight turn to the right to get down this little gully. And without that, you'd like totally cliff out. It's like kind of this like secret passage. Wow. So, and that's wow. for listeners for like a disclaimer. You've researched, you did that route a couple of times though. Where you did yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've taken my girlfriend down it. <laughs> so your girlfriend is awesome as well. If she took her well, down We already it. knew that because of the cake. Oh yeah. She's, yeah. I already <laughs> liked her. because. I don't know. She's a total badass. She like emotionally, she was my support on this, but even besides this, like she's done big stuff in the mountains and like climbed 514 and so she's her. a badass. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. It's cool to have someone in your corner who, who yeah. gets it, you know? Yeah, for cool. sure. So. What was, speaking of climbing in that route on pyramid, what was the hardest section of that? Technically the hardest scrambling or climbing. I wonder if it's of that snowmass ridge. Like the whole thing or just yeah, the whole thing. Hardest ridge. Hardest oh, yeah. Definitely wind and peak when I got off route. That mm-hmm. was okay. horrid. And then I don't know, the rest of it, like the part I got off route on Crestone was like pretty exciting. Probably like I don't know, five two or something. And then uh Long's Peak, um to approach Long's Peak, I'm going up Pagoda. Peak, I think it's called, or Mount Pagoda right before. That's actually really cool. And I think that, okay, that is just a stunning yeah. route because you traverse this grass ledge and you come back across if you read up about it. But when you come back across, I exited a little early. And I don't know if it was because it was like the last, you know, like Long Speak was the last one, but I felt very self aware of like doing these kind of like frictiony moves where I was like, is this where you're going to screw up? <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust so, um, sticky rubber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm usually like if the rock is good, I'm usually pretty comfortable. You know, it's like it's the chas that like makes me more alert, kind of. So, yeah. did you do all four great traverses? You did Little Bear Blanca. I saw you did the Maroon Belt yeah. Traverse, Wilson Traverse, and then Preston. Yeah, you did all four great traverses, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually, if anybody goes to Blanca, I thought. I guess Lindsay is closed now. Is that still closed? Do you guys know about this? Mount Lindsay. I read something that it was closed now because of private property. I don't know how closed it is, but anyways, there's the gash ridge between Lindsay and that is, uh, that was magic. I thought that was just an amazing ridge to climb. So, wow. 
I really want to talk about your resupplies. I'm trying to plan a Colorado trail hike next summer, just trying to figure out my resupply spots and how much food I need to take. And so I'm really curious how many, did you mail yourself stuff to different post offices, like people doing the Appalachian trail, or did you just resupply dollar general, wherever you could find beef jerky and. Yeah. 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 So, um, I didn't mail anything. I mean, I've got part of it is I think like I was trying to go like self-supported style. So I've often wondered like if someone mails you something, Hmm. would I get like the yellow card on that? But, (laughs) and then I'm, uh, I'm good at eating. I always say, so for me, it's like, I don't have dietary restrictions or anything. So I think for me, it's really easy, you know, to like walk into a gas station and figure out what I'm going to eat for the next three or four days. But, uh, the first half of the state was definitely harder. And I think that's just kind of, uh, I'm not sure how to say this in like a most politically correct way, but you know, when you get into mountain towns, it's just all frou frou. <laughs> so many stores with like energy bars and just more like outdoorsy foods. Well, you know, you walk into the Dollar General and I don't know, Westcliff or whatever and Twinkies and <laughs> it's yeah. And M&Ms and, uh, so it's pretty repetitive and I eat a lot of meat sticks, a lot of cheese sticks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that for me, for me, it worked out. Um, I think my longest carry I planned was six days, oh. um, which I knew was going to really be like four to five days, but with how bad the weather was, I packed extra. So, and that was what stretch that's his that, stretch down there, right? The Calibre stretch fiber yeah. to Chicago basin. Yeah. Sorry to Chicago basin. Cause then I, uh, resupplied at purgatory ski resort after that because i knew they had a little convenience store and then um through the collegiates i also didn't know how long essentially like because i did nolan's 14 whatever south to north essentially i didn't know how long that would take me so i think i carried about five and a half days of food for that so wow were you about a two pounds a day two pounds per food per day do you know i started out about a pound and a half to two pounds and then after the collegiates i think my longest food carry after that i needed was like three days um it they, I just started going through towns a lot more frequently. And I would say towards the second half, I was probably carrying three pounds a day. Like I was really depleted. And like, I would, I would try to force myself to wait two hours between eating. I felt like I could just eat, eat, eat you know? Oh, wow. so. And what did you do for uh phone battery? Cause obviously you only spent three nights in hotels. You're, you carrying battery banks that whole time or. Yeah. I've got, I had a little 10,000 amp hour battery bank. And then I actually, um, Okay, I have a little 10 watt solar panel that really only puts out like five watts. Okay. Um, and it weighed, uh, oh man, dude, here's a geek out moment. Uh, <laughs> each little solar cell puts out like 0.5 to 0.65 amps. Mm-hmm. Wait, volts, volts. And you need basically five to seven volts for the USB charger to work. Oh. So basically, I got this little solar panel and, um, to save weight, I took off the voltage regulator on it and just soldered on a USB-C plug. So my solar panel thing was on like 2.6 ounces. And um, That's it, worked, it, worked, yeah. it worked It worked really well. Um, it's like one of those things I joked about, like someone should market this for the ultralight market. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. That's on that. <laughs> there you go. This is you, your first ad. What are, your, <laughs> what are your resupply packs are heavy, right? Yeah, I just carry packs? the uh, like the Mophies or Amazon has one that's called an Anchor, and I can get you know four iPhone charges on that, but that's only four days, and then you have to find a hotel or a gas station and charge it. So I'm curious. It's more than two ounces. Sense. Oh yeah, they're uh, about a pound. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that's, that's yeah, when your base weight's nine pounds, and you're gonna add a pound for charging. It's yeah, like you have to throw my, leave. <laughs> my battery pack, I think, is about five and a half ounces, and um. I don't, I think without the solar panel, um, like on cloudy days, you know, if I went to a resupply, I would try to find a plug or like if I was eating, I'd be like, do you guys have a table with an outlet? Uh, but I also had to charge my Garmin inReach and I had a watch. Um, so I never ran out of battery on any of them, but there was several times where I was really excited to get to a town and actually have an outlet to get my battery pack back up. So did you journal at all or write anything in your phone or? No, I took some videos to myself, like quite a, quite a few actually. Um, and then when I would get to like a Wi-Fi spot, it would upload them to the internet. So it's like, you know, my girlfriend could look at them on Google photos and stuff. So some of them would be like kind of for her. It'd be pretty funny. I think I'd hope she'd get a laugh out of them. I'm sure she appreciated it. Yeah. She's like, oh no, he's losing his mind. (laughs) (laughs) 
is getting uglier. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be helped. Can't be helped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so neat. Cool. Did you bathe at all? Like, did you bathe at your, I'm assuming you bathed at the three times you stopped at the town, but. Yeah. And then um, in the town of uh, Fort Garland, which is like right after Blanca, oh, I took a shower at the rec center there. Huh. I actually don't think I took any other showers. <laughs> and when it was raining, though, I feel like my stink was actually like not too bad. It was there was a few like maybe three or four dry stretch days where I was like starting to smell myself pretty good. So <laughs> that sleeping bag smelled awesome on day forty two. <laughs> I hope you just burned it afterwards. No, that thing's too nice. <laughs> I know, it's too expensive. Lighter in my quilt. Yeah. For a full pad. Yeah, Coach I would just say, bought an ultralight quilt, and your bag's lighter than his quilt. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. But I think, like, with all my clothes on, I think, like, below, like, 25, I was not, I was regretting my choice, you know? <laughs> so, mm. like, pretty good shivering, and um, it was pretty cold, quite a few what, nights. But What temperature rating was the bag? So, before you get it overstuffed, I think they call it a 36-degree bag. Oh, that's not good. So that's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a zero degree. And that's for survival, not comfort, right? Comfort's probably although those bags are rated pretty generous. Yeah, Western Mountaineering. I I've, I love Western Mountaineering. Um but I would say I mean I think even if I just got a warmer bag, just the volume it would have taken up would have been you know, difficult to get all my stuff in my little pack. Um but you know, I think I don't know, like uh I don't want to sound like some like dumb survivalist or something, but I, I did try to plan in a way where, you know, I really debated getting a tent early on when all the rain was coming down, but I think it helped me stay moving to know I didn't have a good place to hang out. Like oh, moving, nice. moving was like how I stayed warm. So you can just yeah. like grab your novel and hang out in the tent yeah. for six hours. And that's what yeah. Jeremy would set in. <laughs> well, <That makes> sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like burn your bridges strategy is so you can't rely yeah. on it. So just keep burn moving. Your bridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No, but that that's I mean, again, when you're talking about the miracle of sleep, I mean, I bet you were just so tired some nights that it just probably didn't matter how cold you were. It was just oh yeah. Get some sleep yeah. and then you know. Mm. Yeah, it's early on I felt like I was like way more like, oh, is there gonna be critters? Is there animals here? And towards the end, it's just like very tunnel vision. It didn't matter. <laughs> So what's next for you? Are you planning any big FKTs or through hikes or anything? No, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to, I spent so many years of my life climbing that um, I'd like to get back to where I was rock climbing. And uh, I think that will keep me, you know, I th I've got this thing where like, um, like I ran Portland marathon one year and I feel like it totally destroyed my body too. And uh I just knew mentally after that, that like, I wasn't ready to face that pain again. So I think even if I decided to go out and like do something tomorrow or next year, I don't know if my body would like, or my mind would have that hunger to really give it. It's also, I'll just, you know, and I've got some things that like have piqued my interest between like researching this and um, just knowing about other stuff in the country. But at this point, I just don't think I've got the mindset to, pursue that so it's also That's quite cool. recent i suppose yeah it's yeah like you've the, earned some time to chill <laughs> effect where you do pyramid and you're not gonna do it again for yeah in like three days three years past you're like ah i'll give it a shot again and then another oh, yeah. three years <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i love pyramid i actually always recommend it as a great first elk one. Oh, yeah. first uh, taylor still needs to get that one that's one one's looming large for taylor we can take well, you off I, the backside now. We know a guy that knows the route. I'm not going the backside. I'm impressed kind of hot by your girlfriend. There's hot springs, springs waiting for me. Hot springs waiting for me, of course. Why wouldn't I go that way? I think I think Pyramid Standard route, though, I'm not sure. The shuttle is like a pain in the ass now. Like, I don't think you can just... Because it, it used to be like when I was doing a lot of stuff up there, you know, we would just drive up at like 10 or 11 p.m., Yeah. sleep in our cars and start hiking at 4, and no one would hassle you. And um, I've heard that that doesn't work anymore, so no and it that's how we've done it in years past you know years ago but this last year when i was trying to finish up we got a it's like concert tickets it like goes on sale yeah. at midnight and they're sold out immediately three months ahead of time finally got a parking pass 
and it was for the parking garage to take the shuttle up. And so we went up and did uh, North Moon Pyramid in the same trip and tried to make the most of it and then boogie mm-hmm. back. And what they don't tell you is that it's hourly parking in the Highlands parking garage, like you're skiing. So came back to a parking bill over a hundred dollars to park at the Highlands yeah. parking garage. So it's like a logistical nightmare to do any of those anymore. Yeah. You see the freedom of but having it. stuff on your back. <laughs> He's like, really oh, good. this guy doesn't know anything about logistical nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no, I mean, I, I hate it. I, I think that was one of the great things is, uh, I mean, it would feel really like, you know, towards at the top of like Mount Evans and um, the Decalibron. It was crazy to just suddenly be like forced into all these people again. And yeah. And I don't know. I don't I don't enjoy that side of like, you know, I don't go to the outdoors to like feel like I'm hanging out in a frat yeah. fraternity or something, you know? <laughs> no. So, Did you have days where you didn't see any people? Oh, yeah. Tons of days. Like, oh, cool. That's and, incredible. uh, and tons of summits where I didn't see anybody just because like it was either odd hours or, um, you know, especially like in the uh, San Juans and such. Um, yeah. You know, and I think even like the Elks, I've done a lot there. And I always tell people like if you're on the four pass loop or if you're at Maroon Lake, you'll be like swamped by people. But it's so easy to just, you know, like if, if you guys ever do like the route from Capitol to Snowmass. Um, like if you can do capital, you can do that whole route and uh, you go through the Pierre Lakes Basin. And that's just like one of the most incredible mm. places out there. It's just so rugged and amazing. So, yeah, I'm just curious, was there breadcrumbs or someone else do this route before or was it completely you're inventing it yourself? All right. So uh, there's as far as I've known, I mean, OK, so supposedly two dudes did this, in, I think, the 80s. They were hiking the Continental Divide Trail and found out that there's these 14ers and like on a whim, it sounds like decided to do all of them. Whoa. And that I think I took them, I think, five months. But just that is probably like the adventure. Like no one will be able to replicate that with today's technology and just like how many people are in this state. Like that's insane. (laughs) And then in 2013, 13, I believe there's actually a website, a uh, 14 or through hike. I think com. these guys bought the domain. They did it in 2013, I think 72 days. Oh. Um, so, and they, they did a, they started at Culebra, which is, you know, it takes away that stress of having to get there on permit day, but, uh, and their path, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know that much about what they did. I feel like they were slightly more traditional, like backpacking setup and, um, from i don't think they did like some of my short shortcuts on like some more technical ridges i don't think they did either so hmm. um is there much like looking at your route it looks pretty efficient i mean we're looking at your cal topo and starting in yeah. pikes and heading down to Songrays and then yeah. jogging over to Calebra and then going to the san juan's like do you think there's any way to like if you had to redo it yourself and try to shave a day or two could you do it yeah, would so, it be logistically or would it be just hiking faster? Sleeping actually, less? If you started at Culebra, headed up to Pikes Peak, and then from Pikes went to Longs and then reversed the whole route, oh. I think it's actually about 40 miles long, shorter. But I could not find a way from Pikes to Longs Peak that wasn't just road walking. And um, I just couldn't, I didn't want to do that. Um, it wasn't about the time necessarily. Well, it, I, I mean, I joked early on because, like, I told some people at Culebra I was doing this because everybody, like, sleeps at that gate, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, suddenly, suddenly this dude just, like, walks out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> no and, car. Uh, yeah. Where are you parked? I, <laughs> I did say, like, I, you know, I don't know if they're like, oh, are you going to get the record? And I was like, I don't know. But, like, 72 days means I'll still be out here in October. So I think something's gone wrong. Like, I will not be out here in <laughs> October. <laughs> uh <laughs> The gate though is for cars, so we can drive up the route. But when you're through hiking, does it matter if the gate's open or not? I guess you're just not trespassing well, at that point. What? They, they have a bunch of surveillance though. Actually, like, cause I was talking to the guy and he, they've got cameras and everything. And he was telling me about how they busted some people like the week before who tried to sneak through. Oh, and, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that roadwalk sucked quite a bit as like everybody drove past. No, that would have been. I hard. didn't even think about that. I That'd know be that. Really discouraging. Oh, I yeah. hated yeah. that. You could have just sliced all their 
sliced all their tires and then yeah yeah <laughs> mine today no but i think i think yeah like like i like i love running and i got no problems with road running and i think you know um but i can't run with like you know 12 to 20 pounds on my back but that's where i think like a supported attempt like that first section or even going from pikes too long so if you could just have a support van to just actually run a lot of those roads it would be pretty awesome but yeah i just didn't want to do that much more road walking so that's i cool. can't i can imagine that even though it would be 40 less miles you would probably do as much or more damage on your body knowing what we know now how hard the road walking was yeah but mind. you know like i've i've got a like you know i think scott yurik is obviously like a badass and that's where i feel like like i've never seen the guy climb but i have heard that he does some rock climbing um i feel like this is the sort of challenge that like you know he would just blow everybody's minds with kind of so he would also have the component of diet though because he's vegan so he can't roll up and get a <laughs> vegan burrito at every you know truck i know but, but he'd be supported i think all this stuff like appalachian trail i mean i think he's supported um but that's where i think like a supported attempt at this like i bet like uh what is i bet by like 2030 someone will do this in like under 30 days supported supported but that'll be a whole separate record right yeah and i and do I think it would, like, I think it would have helped me go faster, but I think it wasn't what I was seeking totally. is like what I wanted to do in my life. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes How much sense. of it in your mind was just finishing and how much of it was the record? Because I would imagine on day 35 or whatever, you're sleeping under a rainy bench and you go, okay, I could take a zero today and still finish. But then there goes my record. Like there was obviously some component that was a record attempt in your mind was it is that a pretty big component of it for you or did the record just kind of happen to happen well so i mean the record was 72 days and um i mean i did I, I knew pretty early on that unless like something catastrophic happened like i would get the record or i would be you know more or less like you know with a broken leg or something <laughs> i think there was a lot of Rabdo. days <laughs> and like the <laughs> second half that uh i don't know i I feel like it's pretty rare to have an opportunity to just like push yourself to kind of like your own bar. And I wanted to make sure that like, you know, when you guys are like, do you want to do this again? And, um, I, you know, I feel like logistically I got a bit faster throughout it, but I don't know. Like, I felt like I did leave it, everything out there that I had. And, um, and that's, that is the feeling I wanted to have. Like I, if I had quit cause my like blisters hurt too much, like I'd be cursing myself today, you know? So I think it was one of those, like, just be honest with yourself and like, what are you gonna, how will you look at yourself when you finish this and, mm. you know, give what you got kind of so. Wow. wow. It's gotta be a great feeling to yeah. just know that you left it all out there and have no regrets and no regrets. not need to come back and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, awesome. I mean, it's, it's good. Cause I feel like I've just had so much work that, um, it's been really frustrating to like feel like you're living for somebody else's you know like somebody else wants this van and i think it does really like i think i i've grown a lot in like my woodworking and such which does matter to me but um you know this this was like my my finish line that i kind of got to dictate and uh i've just been missing that in my life so good for you good for you congratulations again that's so awesome thanks guys oh. Cool. So number wise, your your record is how many? So you've through hiked the fourteen years self supported, and under forty three days. Yeah, it's uh forty three days, six hours, forty nine minutes, and thirty four seconds. <laughs> and how many miles is that? Um, I think I was just under uh twelve hundred. Yeah, eleven eighty two. So you said forty three days, six hours, and how many seconds? Forty nine minutes and thirty four seconds. Oh, this article rounded up. How dare they? They, oh, said, they said six hours and 50 minutes. Was that uh, Spencer's article or something? Out there? Was, uh, yeah, Spencer's article, yeah. Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> I but but, but the mileage is correct. 1,182 and a half miles, 297,000 feet of vertical gain. Yeah. I'm just trying to, to put this perspective. You could have walked to Vegas in 750 miles. Well, that's good perspective. Let's, let's go here. From Denver. Yes, yeah, so from so you Denver. You almost walk there and back. Let's go to San Diego. How far is San Diego? San Diego is 1,080 miles. So he, 
He walked further from Denver to San Diego. But think of all the and all the elevation oh. game. That's <laughs> so that's like swam, swam with the dolphins and said, "Damn." <laughs> Let's see, let's see how fresh that's, Chicago is. That's so, amazing. Chicago, Illinois is 1,009 miles away. So it's it's even less still. Yeah. So you either go, if you went east, you could have got to Chicago, past Chicago. And if you went west, you could have got to San Diego. That's amazing. And that mileage. That's crazy. And I just walked in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> pretty efficient planning. Yeah. Circle. yeah um, Chris, on the article, the Chris Widener. Um, wrote an article for, I think, uh, Daily Camera. Maybe it's a Boulder newspaper. But anyways, he he's a guy I actually know from climbing. I've known him for probably over a decade now. You know, we run into each other. And he, um, I think according to my mom, he, he, he did a pretty good job, I think, presenting wind and peak and like how much that hmm. was an experience. Uh, and my mom, I remember after she read it, she was like, I'm so glad I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> 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 good mom right there yeah 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 that's funny so, we'll have to look at that one i yeah. didn't come across that one yeah at least for the outdoor colorado one right yeah yeah, yeah. out there colorado thank you awesome yeah thank you so much for your time yeah and if you guys actually show up in fruit i want to drink beer let me know because i always like beer we would love that awesome. it was so nice to meet you and talk to you congratulations i can't i mean wow it's thanks guys such an oh, accomplishment yeah. and i'm so glad that you're healthy and that you feel good yeah if you ever find yourself on this side of the divide hit us up we'd love to we got beer here too <laughs> all right sounds good thanks guys Cheers. nice to meet you yeah good to meet you have a good night you see too. you thank you again bye bye